everyone. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, and you're listening to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. Follow along as I interview the best and brightest leaders in the insurance industry and insure tech landscape to bring you the latest in digital transformation, innovation, industry trends, challenges, and opportunities, as well as next-gen technologies. We use our experience to anticipate what's next without losing sight of what's now. Stay tuned to find out your next now. Welcome to today's podcast, our Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. I'm really pleased today to have Conrad Sheehan, Managing Director and Head of Payments Practice at Deloitte, joining me today. Welcome, Conrad. Thank you, Denise. I am pleased to be here and looking forward to a great conversation. I always like to start off, Conrad, with my participants in the podcast, my guests, to give a little bit of background on themselves and also about our strategic partnership with Deloitte as well. So Conrad, kind of give some background. Sure, absolutely. So Conrad Sheehan, I'm with uh, Deloitte Consulting. I am based in Chicago, and I've been in the payments and technology business for a couple of decades in consulting, but also running uh, business units within JP Morgan, where we counted many property casualty clients in our portfolio, and also a number of years as an entrepreneur building electronic payment companies, often serving or offering up billing solutions. It's a passion of mine, absolutely. Now at Deloitte, you know, we offer a, a full suite of consulting services from strategic advisory through technology, implementation, and operations. And most importantly, we have a great partnership with Majesco. I think we have three or four active projects right now, just in the last couple of months. So it is certainly a very active time in the insurance space, probably more so now than I I would say in, in a number of years. Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, I think what's really driving a lot of this change that we're seeing is really customer expectations. And it's their interactions, what they're doing with other businesses and other industries, even some of the newer insurance products that are being offered by both traditional and and insure tech startups, and how these products and how they're really engaging from a payment perspective. Today, customers are really expecting something well beyond the payment plans that we've had for decades. You know, I pay twice a year for my auto insurance, as an example, once a year for my homeowner's insurance. But they're really looking for alternative payment options instead of a check or instead of a transfer money from your checking account. Talk about that and how those customer expectations are really driving it. You've got some unique background from the banking perspective to kind of bring that to bear. Absolutely. And really hitting the nail on the head. While we think of our customers as our policyholder, they on their day-to-day business interact with all sorts of merchants and billers and service providers. And so they're experiencing a wide array of payment experiences and payment flexibility, whether it's almost customized payment plans, unique channels, that they are then transferring that expectation to other industries, perhaps industries that haven't had a chance to really think about the payment experience from the consumer side. And even I would argue that it bleeds into small business and even into commercial because these people they might be working on a commercial policy, buying a commercial policy, but they're just individual people like you and I, and you know they're looking for better, easier ways to, to interact. And it's often you know one of the few touch points we have with policyholders. You know, once the policy is bound in force, 
payments is often the was outside of a claim event. It's one of the few times we get to interact and deliver an experience or an expectation. Share your views on the growing interest in different payment options, you know, from Venmo and Bitcoin to Apple Pay. Those are just a few of them. And how you're seeing insurers needing to handle these, what the challenges are that they that they have today at being able to handle this new expectation in these different payment options. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's having worked particularly in these big recurring billing sectors, property casualty, telecommunications, utilities, desire to use the most convenient and easy payment method also has to be balanced with the cost of maintaining and, and your, your combined ratio. But something like an Apple Pay is an immensely convenient, particularly when it's in-app and it's seamless as part of, let's say, the, the, policy, the policy acquisition process. And you can quickly go through, you can capture the correct information through the device, and then you can immediately bind the policy through invoking the payment credential that's stored inside the device. So that's an immensely elegant, simple experience. But we also have to think about you know, all follow-on payments from that, depending on the payment frequency. So something like an Apple Pay is very convenient. Something like a Venmo is very convenient. They've done a great job of enabling these digital experiences, particularly through mobile devices, but also online. It's a much easier, faster payment, certainly than our historical uh, retail lockbox, or even dropping off a check in person in some cases, and the reconciliation that comes from that. So there's a balance between delivering a wonderful experience, but also managing and controlling our expense base. How do these new payment options go beyond billing a premium to claims payout and maybe even compensation for distribution? What trends are you seeing there? Great question. Everyone always first thinks it's money in, it's billing premium collection. You know, But I would say at least half of our conversations are trying to find better, easier, safer, faster disbursements. On the consumer side, it, on the claim side, a very popular product is, is the ability to push the claim payment directly to a, a policy holder's uh, debit card. It's fast. They'll publish a, a 30-minute window, but it usually happens within a couple of minutes. And it can happen on a Saturday. It can happen on a Sunday. And it begins to cut down with the complexity associated with cutting a check, which occasionally get lost. On occasion, they, they never get cashed and you have and it kicks off the whole achievement process. So I think that is where you can see a win-win. You know, Pushing it to a card, you're delivering a great customer experience, are able to access those funds essentially immediately. So that I'd say is kind of a growing trend. We'll see some of the, on the banking side, you know, how these instant payment systems uh, evolve and how they manifest themselves uh, within the insurance industry. And I'm speaking specifically to the, the Clearinghouse's uh, real-time payment platform and the soon-to-be-released Federal Reserve's you know, FedNow program. Those two will deliver immediate disbursement capability. That's kind of on the claimant side. You know, we'll see on for those with you know independent agents, you know, commission structures being able to pay those out. So your your agents are happy. You know, they get they get paid right away. They don't wait three or four days. So I think it's we're on the front end of a very you know big transition, particularly as it relates to insurance and payments. One of the things that is really interesting is payment's just one piece of the puzzle, and it drives a lot of opportunities for adjacencies around payment kind of transactions, such as confirming the payments received via text or providing feedback in real time. And it really allows for kind of a different kind of customer engagement and customer experience beyond just, you know, receiving the money or paying the money. What are you seeing as some of the best practices that are emerging, Conrad? 
Absolutely. It's just another great question. And and one of the risks that we see in, you know, from our vantage point, you know, people will solve a payment problem, they'll fix a payment problem, but it's dangerous because if you do it too myopically, what you end up doing is potentially just shifting the problem somewhere else inside the company. And those often manifest themselves in higher call volume. And that's an area where you're penny wise and pound foolish, making sure that whatever you're doing in and around payments, how does that impact that consumer? Are they confused? Are they concerned? If they've sent a payment, but they don't know the, the payment's been posted, they don't know if their policy is enforced, they pick up the phone and they call the call center and they spend 15 minutes on it. So that's a $15 event. Or likewise with uh, your distribution channels. If it's not clear what the status of the payment is, if it's instant, but don't know it's instant, they're going to pick up the phone and call. That just sets off a chain of events inside the carrier is an unintended consequence of not looking at payments holistically. There are numerous examples of that happening right now. We always try to look at it in the broadest perspective and certainly how it relates to billing. You know, Payments and billing are kind of peanut butter and jelly. It's hard to think of one without thinking of the other. Working on one without working at the other, either working on billing and not thinking about payments or working on payments and not thinking about billing. So it's always a holistic approach. We've seen that to be the best approach. Making all of this happen really requires some next generation platforms and technology. It's no longer just about a core billing system. You know, you're really talking about some kind of customer engagement capability. You're talking about some analytics that can help you analyze whether or not you think that they're going to lapse or not, or, or different payment options that they want. The gateways, payment processors, there's so many different components Talk about the components, kind of the transformation that you're seeing insurers really kind of undergo relative to that. Sure, absolutely. And you're right. I think there may be some upside for many insurers who haven't necessarily invested in payments because to some extent you have an opportunity for a broader transformation without necessarily looking at a, an individual project you may have done a couple of years ago. But the trend towards centralizing your payment capability. Many payment, certainly within the insurance industry, is fairly siloed. And as you mentioned, you don't get to see the data across product lines. It's a kind of, they post it to, to AR, to billing. So the idea of trying to move towards a horizontal capability in the area of payments and how it relates to various upstream systems so that you have that insight into how payments are behaving, if indeed you'll have that data. And from that data, you can then apply various statistical models or AI, if you will, determine if there are patterns that may suggest a policy lapse or a new product offering or a product gap in a policyholder's portfolio. And you can only see that by having a more consolidated view within your enterprise. Now, on the other side, so let's say that's kind of internal, getting a horizontal integration, if you will. On the external side, there's a great trend toward at least thinking about how do I optimize my payment processing partners. And on the credit card side, uh, bank card side, this notion of, of payment orchestration, of being able to have in a dynamic way more than one credit card processor. It's particularly helpful for carriers with uh, multiple geographies, multiple countries, often important for carriers that have multiple channels. There's opportunities to increase your successful card authorization rates, particularly at policy binding. So you know, these are net new technologies in the grand scheme of things to build in that flexibility and control, control over your, your tokenization scheme, control over your fraud scheme, and in particular, control over 
you know, least cost provider and not being beholden to a single processor. Everyone knows it's very hard to change a processor. It's a very difficult event. And so this notion of payment orchestration is coming in to, to address that. Those are some of the key themes. And likewise, on the banking side, you know, Nirvana is being able to get your recurring bills through a direct debit, through the ACH system. Everyone knows those are penny transactions or very low cost transactions. Being able to find a way to nudge or incentivize your policyholders to move towards those types of payments. So again, a lot of activity happening internally and how you interface with various payment service providers slash banks. I think one of the other elements of this is companies may have placed their billing the five, 10 years ago, but it wasn't in the cloud with all of these different payment options and with the need to really kind of engage with customers differently. It's almost like they have to go through another transformation again, really to get everything into the cloud that provides so much more flexibility and the ability to really integrate with a lot of these different technologies that keep on emerging. Conrad, any comments about that? Yes. This call it the migration to the cloud writ large there's real value there in the vast majority of cases, not in all cases. Moving to the cloud is going to give you a step function in capability, particularly as it relates to, we're just talking about the ability to you know, add new payment methods, add new payment channels, expand into new geographies. That is made infinitely easier through a, a cloud environment. And then you can add on all the other aspects of resiliency. On the upper end of the corporate scale to large enterprise, you know, resiliency generally is not that much of an issue, but it's expensive to get. The cloud kind of gives it to you out of the box, and that's extremely appealing. And the ability to innovate and add capability, generally speaking, in the cloud and, and the respective kind of cloud-native architectures that allow you to add features and functions very, very quickly compared to the old days where you might get a production release once a year, once every 18 months, you can start to deliver capability. I don't want to say weekly, but it is possible <laughs> to get it down weekly. For me, that's the exciting part of cloud because it relates to payments, but you know, all the other domain applications it holds true for as well. So, you know, as you think about the billing and payment landscape, it's going to continue to evolve. What do you see in the future of insurance as it relates to billing and payment and things that insurers really need to begin to think about strategically? It's a particularly dynamic space. You know, we, we kind of grew up with, you know, fairly traditional product lines, uh, you know, within personal line, there was your, your set of products, but we're seeing companies, some of them more in the startup space that their ability to deliver a very, very specific product to a very, very specific type of customer. I'll use an example, the gig economy worker. That's a unique product line, if you will, that doesn't necessarily fit into traditional automotive policies. It, it, again, it's a, it's a different dynamic, but the ability to tailor a product to that specific segment, that's compelling. But it's also an example that not all simple risk uh, attributes in and of themselves, while helpful going forward, people are beginning to build products that in addition to obviously managing risk, they're tailoring products to the unique needs of sub-segments, if you will, in the market space. I always like to end my podcasts with this question. And I got to tell you, Conrad, I haven't, I've not had anybody select the same word or phrase. So it's pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> but if you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? That is a good question. I will answer personalized. 
Haven't had that one yet, Conrad. <laughs> and it speaks to what we were just touching on that this, you know, we'll never get to really a one-to-one product, but maybe we will. But I think gone are the days where these monolithic customer segments, whether it's personalized or our business owner policy or commercial, the ability to efficiently tailor the right product to the right subsegment with the right risk and the right set of billing and payment capabilities, you know, that's where I see some of these smaller companies you know, capturing share. I don't see that trend reversing. Well, I do think it is going to be highly personalized and much more niche, particularly as you think about these new products that you mentioned, Conrad, coming, whether it's from, you know, data from devices that underwrite it, that provide the pricing, et cetera, to personalized services. It's going to be an interesting time ahead. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time today, Conrad, and your insights. We are thrilled to be working with the Deloitte team around this whole billing and payments transformation, the strategic kind of focus on all these different payment options. So look forward to the continued joint work together. And thanks for the partnership, Conrad. Likewise. And thank you, Denise. That's it for this week's episode of Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. Subscribe to our market-leading podcast series available wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in the next time.